Hey, this is Olympic champion Scott Hamilton, the real Scott Hamilton, reminding you to listen to the other Scott Hamilton show every day here on ESPN Charleston, because he's nearly as smart as the real Scott Hamilton, just not as good looking. Third hour on a Monday. Got a little news from ACC headquarters. Center Will Putnam, running back Will Shipley of Clemson, been honored by the Atlantic Coast Conference. Will Putnam, the offensive lineman of the week. Will Shipley, running back of the week. Rated out 92%. That's pretty solid. Clemson ran the ball, though, all over Louisiana Tech. 280 yards. Season high and the most they've had since 332 yards against Wake Forest last year. They got Wake Forest this week. So that bodes well for Dabo Sweeney and the Tigers. Will Shipley, man, 12 carries, career high, 139 yards, two touchdowns. Mm. I like Will Shipley's game. You look at him and you're like, ah, that's no big deal. Dude's a baller. He's only the fifth ACC player and third running back in the ACC since 2000 to rush for multiple touchdowns in each of the first three games this season. First Clemson player to do it since 1950. Will Shipley. Got Wake Forest this week. South Carolina recovering, recovering from Georgia. That is a thing. You recover from Georgia. You get traumatized. They beat you up, and it takes a minute to recover. And they go on about their business. It's a very Alabama-like. I'll repeat it. What they are building, what he has built, is the new Alabama. That's not an insult by no stretch of the imagination. Quite the opposite. It's incredibly high praise. I'm looking at Georgia's schedule now. Listen, listen to this. Kent State in Athens. That's a noon kickoff this weekend. Favored by 45. All right, that's about right. Go to Missouri, Auburn at home, Vandy at home. You get a week off before the cocktail party. And as we've seen, still ready to hit that as part of our best and worst of the weekend. We might have been might have been buying too much Florida stock after that Utah win. I think that what we are seeing now out of Florida might be what we should probably expect year one under Billy Napier. But Georgia just positioned again marvelously. Uh, Tennessee goes to Athens November 5th. You go to Mississippi State, which you never know what you're going to get with Leach. You go to Kentucky. That'll be a rock fight. I'm not saying that Kentucky's going to beat Georgia. I'm not saying Kentucky's even going to be within three touchdowns. But that'll be a physical game. And then, of course, you get to uh, smack around Georgia Tech. November 26th. Who's coaching Georgia Tech at that time? I think that might be the bigger question. For sure. Given how inefficient. Inept? Inept might be a better word. Jeff Collins has been his tenure with the Yellow Jackets. I just don't see how they keep him around. I do not see it. Here's another interesting note. And this is going to kind of get off topic slightly. Stetson Bennett. We talk about Stetson Bennett. Going from team to individual. 
first player to start the season with three straight games of 258-plus yards passing and a rushing touchdown since 2016. Who did it then? A guy named Pat Mahomes. <laughs> now, when I think of Stetson Bennett, I don't think of Patrick Mahomes. And when I think of Patrick Mahomes, I darn sure don't think of Stetson Bennett. But here they are now sharing that fact. We have been sleeping on Stetson Bennett, the mailman. All he's done is win, and now he's got this confidence about him from having won a national title, from not having to look over his shoulder at a JT Daniels. And he's going out there and just performing marvelously. Legit Heisman Trophy contender. And I know it helps when you have a weapon like Brock Bowers. I get it. I know it helps when you have an offensive line that you can just camp out behind. But you still have to execute. And that's all Stetson Bennett does. He executes. Absolutely incredible to think about what this guy has done. The entire story is fascinating. It really is. But the fact that he has linked to Patrick Mahomes in those two facts Three straight games, 250 yards passing and a rushing touchdown that only he and Patrick Mahomes have done it since 2016. If I could go back in time right now and say that to myself last year, I would I would think I was lying. Let's go over to the phones. Joining us on the Say Tama Hotline, he was two-time All-American at Georgia, first-round pick of the Raiders. He's now an analyst for ESPN. Matt Stinchcomb, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm fired up for this week. <laughs> yeah, brother. Hey, Matt, I, I got a question for you, man. And I, am I crazy, or is Stetson Bennett pretty good at football? You're not crazy. Uh, a lot of the people out there are, though. They're just you know, unwilling to change their minds. It's an unfortunate thing. You know, folks have a this habit of persisting in an opinion, whether it's founded or unfounded. Um, I don't know that that narrative will change for some people, which is just too bad because the facts – uh, just aren't with them anymore. Where where did we get off the beaten path with him, though? Where did we get sideways and get distracted oh, by high it? school? High school. Yeah, high school. Yeah, you got to be deemed a good football player in high school for you to actually be a good football player, especially a quarterback. Now, there's we've built these entire industries in and around recruiting evaluations, which are all a joke. Um, you know, you got kids that haven't even played a high school game. And they've got three stars. I think, how's that possible? How can you be a sophomore in high school, still haven't played in a single game, and you're three stars? How do we know? Seven on seven leagues? Camps? I bet it's camps. Because incidentally, these recruiting services like to burp out their ratings, and they also like to host camps, which is a nice little revenue generator for them. And so you go to enough of their camps, and eventually they think you're a good player. Well, and you hit it on the head, Matt. I mean, it's all about the money. And as a coach, if you're not getting enough of these stars, these five-star, four-star recruits or whatever that are hyped up, then in the eyes of the boosters and the people that are cutting you big checks, you're not doing enough to enhance the perception of your program, even though that five-star player might be as good as that three-star player. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are coaches out there that will reach out to one of these ridiculous trading agencies and ask them, Hey, I need another star on this guy so we can sign him. I can't sign a three-star guy. He needs to at least have four stars. And we want him either way, but 
can you give them another star so I don't have to listen to this garbage from our whoever it is fan base? I mean, Texas A&M, for example, congrats on your recruiting class. That's fantastic. Recruiting classes have never meant less, ever. The transfer portal says it doesn't matter where you start out. It matters where you end up. But there's entire there's an entire swath of our population that all they care about is recruiting. I swear they don't stick around to watch and see if they even play. They just want to win. I want to win signing day. I, I don't I don't understand that mindset. We're joined by Matt Stinch. Come follow him on Twitter at mstinch79. Stinch, let me ask you this question, and it's counterintuitive considering how many players for Georgia's championship team are now employed on Sundays, but. Is this team better, and if so, how much better is it? Uh, I think the team collectively is better earlier this season than they were a season ago. Um, I think offensively they are better. I think that the offense has taken that as a challenge. Even last year they felt like they could have contributed more, and they didn't. Um, and when you look at the number of returning players, starts, experience, skill set, the offense should be contributing more, and incidentally is so far. And defensively, it's just indicative that, yes, they hemorrhaged a ton of talent to the NFL, but they've recruited really well, but they've developed maybe even better. And there are guys that folks weren't counting on. People forget Jordan Davis was not some five-star. So they've got guys on that defense right now that they've built into good players. Javon Bullard, look at him. He doesn't, he's not built like a true star or an old-school Sam linebacker, nickelback-type player. Guy's not even six feet tall. Big, big, but he plays bigger than he actually is. They've developed players. And right now, at this stage in the season, I think that they are better than the team was at a similar point last year. Well, what, what's the formula for that stench to, to develop players? On one hand, I think a big part of it is just having an administration – in a fan base that will give you some time, but Georgia wants to win now. They want to win all the time. How have they been able to get into that to that rhythm where they can develop players? Well, they've been recruiting at a really high level for ever since Kirby Smart has been there. It's it's been stacking good recruiting classes on top of one another. But they've also had a lot of guys blow out of there to go play somewhere else. You know, many people think Florida's best defender right now. You know, it was a defensive end for Georgia a couple of years ago. Just didn't stick it out. Jermaine Johnson for FSU uh, was probably their best defender. He was at Georgia. They've recruited great players. They've developed them beyond how good they were in high school because they recognize this isn't high school all-star football. You can't just be a great player and stay that way coming out of high school. you got to get better. Nobody's that good in high school to show up and dominate on a level where you can win championships. So they've done a great job of doing that, but along the way and amongst that process, the guys that maybe didn't start out as far along, they get pulled along as well. And because of it, um, you kind of get a rising tide lifting all ships, not just the five stars, but the guys that maybe were more lightly recruited or less regarded coming out of high school. Stinch, I said this earlier in the program, and maybe I'm off the reservation. You're going to set me straight if I am. But I, I know we got a C.J. Stroud out there. We got a Bryce Young. There are a lot of outstanding dynamic players playing college football this year. But I am of the mind that Brock Bowers, from what I saw at least on Saturday, and maybe I'm a prisoner of the moment, I'm of the mind that he might be the most dynamic and dangerous player in college football. Tell me I'm right. Tell me I'm wrong. Well, 
you know, that's uh, on the offensive side of the ball, maybe. Um, you know, it would be really hard for him to pull it off, although he's getting touches in the run game. Um, you know, we're talking about a guy that wasn't even up for the Mackey Award a season ago, which is an embarrassment to that award. But there's the Will Andersons of this world who is just a dominant football player and he got a pick six versus ULM. Um, plays like that matter, especially when you're a defender, and he'll probably have more of those this season. So it will be crowded. I, I think what would be fun, and the Heisman Trust would be doing itself a service, if they finally expanded their minds beyond the quarterback running back position, you know, that'd be a real kick in the pants, I think, you know, to, to get a guy, you know, we've, we've sprinkled in a receiver every now and again, you know, how about a tight end, you know, how about a defensive player? Can we get one of those guys in there? Um, I think that would make a lot of sense. I think it would get a lot more people to actually pay attention to it um, because otherwise it's become this statistically driven award where you're going, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, these guys pile up a bunch of yards. Look at the system. Look at the conference they're playing in. So uh, I think it would be a lot of fun if Brock Bowers got into that conversation. I think it would make sense. Uh, I think it makes sense, and obviously it does make sense, and uh, probably a higher likelihood that a Will Anderson Jr. gets a lot of run when it comes to that type of an award. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. Everybody's got a Heisman vote. I mean, you trip over Heisman votes at the grocery store. So – there's a chance that uh, there's a chance that it happens. Well, as one of those guys that you're dodging at the grocery store, I had Will Anderson number two last year on my ballot. Perfect. But yeah, I'm I'm liking me some Brock Bowers right now. I, I good. Put I, him up there. I I'm feeling good about him. Stitch, just a couple more minutes before we let you go, please. How big is the gap right now between Georgia and let's say Alabama, everybody else? Who's number three in the SEC? people are going to try to make a case for Tennessee um, because the way they're playing offensively, especially, um, you know, they played a, they played a good team uh, in pit, beat them in overtime. Um, I still got questions around the defense and whether or not it's a complete team. When you want to talk about really good teams, uh, arguments will be made for Kentucky. They haven't been at full strength. Chris Rodriguez has not been in the lineup. Uh, that will definitely help them. Um, it's just such a well-coached team. So you're hard-pressed to find stars. People talk about Will Levis, um, but everyone knows who the quarterback is. But who's the star on that team? They're, they're a blue-collar team, but they win games. Um, there's some folks that might want to talk about Arkansas, but they just, man, it seems like they lose key players every week. Um, so it makes it difficult. They'll, they'll get their test in a couple weeks. They get a test this week at A&M. Maybe A&M's right, right, right of the ship, so to speak. Um, but then Arkansas gets Alabama, so that's their proving ground. Um, so there's candidates. I don't think that there's a clear-cut answer to who the third-best team is. You know, a lot of folks thought it was going to be Florida after uh, the win over Utah, which um, if you watch that game or even the game this past week, you go, wow, that was some really fortuitous bounces that the Gators got to come away with wins in both of those. Um, I think the likeliest candidates are probably Kentucky, Tennessee and Arkansas. I like that. I like that about Kentucky, especially because they have an identity. That's first and foremost. Stench. You got to have an identity. Kentucky knows who it is. It makes no bones about it. I, I love Mark Stoops' teams. One more question, yes. Stench, before we let you go, and I'm kind of going to put you on the spot a little bit. We've got Missouri and Auburn. We've got Drinkwitz. We got Harson. Which one will be coaching first of November? Which one won't? Um. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm not I'm not real prone to to uh calling for people's heads and that sort of thing. Um I, I would say that given the expectations, given the respective off seasons, uh given the uh, uh history I think that there is a, a uh, there's more stability in the Missouri circumstance than there is in the Auburn circumstance. I agree. I think that could be a pretty good job for the right guy. I mean, if yeah. you, you win eight games, they'll put a statue up. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, the hard part is, you know, Gary Pinkle set the bar pretty high. Um, and he did really well. They had the zoo rocking and coming out of the Big 12 to win. I think back-to-back division championships in their second and third year in the league, that's pretty sporty. I uh, don't see that happening again anytime soon. That was kind of a, a confluence of events, I think, in the East. Um, but there's no doubt that it could be a good job. you got a great recruiting area in St. Louis. They get a lot of talent out of Texas. you know, you got to get the right guy in there. Maybe they do, although we haven't seen that borne out in the win-loss column just yet. Vince, what's the rest of your week look like? Well, we got Georgia Kent State on uh, Saturday, so I'll be in Athens uh, meeting with the coaches on Friday. Tomorrow we got the SEC schedule reveal show on SEC Now, so that'll be a lot of fun. Nobody does it like our conference does. We let folks know way in advance who their teams are going to be playing. Now, what those teams look like is an entirely different conversation in today's time. Um, but um, there's a whole lot of football. It's a fun week. You know, you got. Uh, Tennessee, Florida, and Tennessee, of course, is just giddy with the opportunity to get off the losing streak to the Gators. So um, there should be a lot of fun coming up into Saturday. He's Matt Stinchcom. Follow him on Twitter at mstinch79. Stinch, you're the man, brother. Appreciate you fitting us in today. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. All righty. Matt Stinchcom, two-time All-American at Georgia, now an analyst for ESPN. It is a pretty cool schedule in the SEC, and I'm still trying to marinate, let everything from this last weekend marinate, but I'm looking down at this week's schedule. Uh, Missouri-Auburn, say what you want. They're still both 2-1, and both coaches on a hot seat. That could be entertaining. Florida-Tennessee, once upon a time, that was the game. That was the game. Once upon a time, Florida-Tennessee, Spurrier versus Fulmer, it was wonderful theater. I'm liking Arkansas and A&M, though I am of the mind that A&M still got major concerns to address. I could see Arkansas. Arkansas right now, two-and-a-half-point underdog in College Station. I could see them pummeling, 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 Texas A&M. I'm, we might put that on our list for the end of the week. We're going to definitely talk about that one. Oh, well, then you got Charlotte at South Carolina. Good bounce-back opportunity for the Gamecocks. Gamecocks right now favored by 22-and-a-half points. Charlotte did get a win, though. And it's kind of kind of incredible how quickly the narrative around that program changed. They got a 42-41 win over Georgia State this past weekend. But we were singing the praises of Will, Will Healy just a couple of years ago. The What was it, the club in the locker room and all that stuff? And they're going to the bowl game. It was like the Bahamas Bowl or something like that. And like, oh, man, Charlotte football has arrived. You know, they let Brad Lambert go, the founding father of Charlotte football. It was a you know good parting and all that, but they bring in this new blood. They bring in this young guy, Will Hilly. And and Charlotte 49ers, man, it's happening. It's happening. And then it wasn't. And now here, here they are saying, man, Will Healy might be on the hot seat. They got that win over Georgia State. And we've seen Georgia State. We know what they bring. 
Still, the Gamecocks, 22-and-a-half-point favorite. Good stuff, Matt Stinchcom, ESPN. Still got more best and the worst of the weekend to tackle. We hit it on the other side. It's the Scott Hamilton Show on Monday. They keep trying to tell.